Well, you've heard about hedge fund investments and the promise of big money, but here's a question. Should private equity be available in your 401k plan? We'll ask that question to today's thought leader, Paula Pamp from Afford Anything, and our audience hanging out with us live on social media on today's Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement in Stowe, Vermont. I'm Joe Salcihai. And I'm Paula Pant from Afford Anything. Coming to you from... I am coming to you from a Holiday Inn Express, which Joe has just informed me makes me a somebody. It absolutely does. Do you know who I am? I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. This is the podcast where we cover recent stories ripped from the financial press. Today, we're going to tackle one from the Wall Street Journal. Not only do we read them like some podcasts do, but we dive into how they affect your wallet, what you can do to invest, save, or pay down debt more effectively. If that's not enough, we're also going to share a big idea at the end of today's show you can take with you to be better with money the rest of your day. And all in less than 20 20 minutes. Today's show is brought to you by NordPass. We lock passwords. You hold the key with NordPass. Store your passwords in the cloud, access them on the desktop, mo uh, mobile, or your favorite browser, all encrypted on your device for your eyes only. Get 60% off and a 30 day money back guarantee if you use our link, nordpass.com forward slash MWF. That's nordpass.com forward slash MWF. Paula Pant joins us today. I'm so glad you're back, Paula. How have you been? I'm excellent. How are you doing? Well, you know, I'm I'm great. However, I think I think we're about to have some fun as my phone rings. We're about to have <laughs> nothing better than live TV. Uh, we're about to have some fun talking about 401ks and these new investments in it. Well, you know what? I'm not gonna gonna foreshadow it. Let's just get into it. Let's see which one of our friends gonna help us start today's show. What's good? This is Rich from Paychecks and Balances. Money Headlines explains six days a week. That means you're tuned in to Money with Friends. All right. This piece comes to us from the Wall Street Journal. It's written by Ann Turgeson. The mixed case for private equity in retirement plans. Paula, you want to do the honors? Absolutely. With the help of regulators and lawmakers, 401k plans are trying to become more like the old-fashioned pension plans they replaced. The latest example involves private equity, an illiquid investment that is a staple in pensions and now wants to be in your 401k. While the addition of shares of privately held companies may boost 401k investors' returns, there are reasons for concern, including high fees and a lack of transparency. Earlier this month, the Labor Department issued guidance confirming that 401k plans can offer private equity in a diversified fund, such as a target date fund. These portfolios shift from stocks to bonds as people age. Because they serve as default investments in many 401k plans that automatically enroll workers, they receive more than half of employees' contributions. For private equity firms, some of which have been trying for a decade to break into the $7.9 trillion market for workplace retirement plans, this is a victory. 401k plans have become a huge pool of long-term money, said Fred Reich, an attorney who specializes in employee benefits. He said other liquid investments, including hedge funds, may also use the guidance to market themselves as additions to target date funds. Labor Department's move follows a 2019 law that encourages 401k plans to replicate other features of old-fashioned 
cash and pensions by offering annuities, insurance contracts that turn savings into a monthly income for life. We'll have the rest of this, by the way, on our uh, on our website, uh, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. But uh, Paula, what's your take here? Private equity inside of your 401k plan. Is this a good idea or a bad one? Well, I mean, time will tell, but what my initial impression is that this is more a victory for the people who run and own private equity firms than it is for the average 401k individual investor. And those high fees, that lack of transparency that, that they mentioned at the beginning of the article, spot on. You know, somebody uh, named Ray Dalio runs one of those big funds. So there are people who do really, really well with those funds. However, I got to say, I don't think the average person with a 401k was sitting here thinking, you, you know what I've been missing out on? You know what I wish I have that I don't have is private equity inside of my 401k. That's the thing that I really think I need. I don't, I don't understand why investors need this. Right, right. Exactly. Well, it, it seems as though it's going to increase the volatility in a portfolio, increase the volatility in the in the underlying funds, such as target date funds that it's in. And as we've seen from individual investor behavior, when volatility increases, people, a lot of people do some dumb stuff, particularly if it's their first pullback, their first recession, their first market crash. A lot of people lock in paper losses. And so my concern is adding some volatility to a 401k is just not comparable to adding that those same types of underlying assets to a pension plan, which is managed by um, people who are less emotionally connected to the outcome of said investment. Well, let's talk about pension plans for a second because of the fact that uh, there was that feature they talked about at the end of that piece, 2019, where they added annuities, the ability to get an annuity inside a 401k. What do you think about that move? Again, with annuities, I mean, it's one thing for an individual or a couple to go out and purchase a simple income annuity for themselves. I think it's another thing entirely for funds to start layering in annuities into the underlying, you know, into the mix of assets that a given fund holds. Um, it, it seems as though it would increase the fees Um without necessarily offering a good reason as to why, you know, it's not, I know there's more to life than fees, but it just doesn't seem necessary. To, to, to have the annuity inside of it. Correct. See, see, that's where, this is where I thought you and I would differ because I actually liked the fact, and OG and I went back and forth on Stacking Benjamins about this too, by the way. So, and we have plenty of listeners that didn't like my take on this, but, but I think that annuities do something different, Paula, when you strip them down. If you're somebody that just wants a pension that you can't outlive and those have gone away, now you have this ability to build your own if you want to. So if you strip away all the baloney around annuities and just use it for that pension feature. I thought it, I thought it added something that you couldn't get in a 401k, which is a guarantee that this money will last forever. Well, you could, I guess, put it all in the guaranteed income fund, right? And watch it never grow. But then you still don't have the guarantee that will, that you can't outlive it with a, with, with an annuity, you actually get that guarantee. I feel way differently about this one, which is weird because because now I feel like I'm I'm uh, uh, contradicting myself. Like I'm like, hey, annuities are fine in it, but but hedge funds, 
private equity funds, no way, leave that stuff out. And what do you see as the main distinction between the two? I think the, the distinction is, is that annuities offer everyday investors who aren't sophisticated an option that really you don't have to be sophisticated to get. I get X amount of money per month that I can't outlive. Can more than that, but I can't outlive it. There are people actually in my immediate family who um, uh, are living on annuities, and it's mostly because of the fact that the people that gifted them this money knew that they couldn't trust them with a whole big sum of money. So they mm-hmm. give them a little bit of money every month, and they can't outlive it. And you know what? Mm-hmm. Seeing that firsthand, Paula, is is a beautiful thing for some people. Mm-hmm. It's an absolutely beautiful thing. I, I, I don't see anything beautiful here except the promise of maybe more money. But mm-hmm. to your point, like you said earlier, not transparent, crap loads of fees, and all I get is I feel like it's much more the roulette wheel that I, mm. that I pull with a hedge fund. So what you're saying essentially is that while both private equity and annuities will increase the fees in your under, in the assets that you hold, annuities increase the fees with a trade-off of more certainty. And, and, and in that regard, they're sort of a more conservative way to move. Yes. Whereas private equity is, um, it increases the fees, but in the direction of more volatility. And in that regard, it's a more aggressive way to move. Thank you. Do, do you mind coming on all the shows and being my interpreter, <laughs> fleshing it out for me? But, but but let me say this though. So so but then I say that one's okay and the other one's not okay. So then I pull back off that, and my next thought, Paula, then is, who am I to decide? Right. I mean, who am I to decide this is right or or or, or this is wrong? What if what if they were all allowed? they were all allowed and people can decide for themselves or are we getting too far down the rabbit hole there where then we allow some really sketchy stuff in and people get taken advantage of all the time. Like what, like at, at, at what point is the government playing too much big brother? Mm. When it comes to something like a target date fund, you know, people who go into target date funds often are people who don't want to make those decisions. They don't want to necessarily make asset allocation decisions for themselves and then have to rebalance every year. So they're drawn to a target date fund precisely because they want somebody else to decide somebody like you, a former financial planner, you know, that they're looking for the experts to make the decisions for them. And essentially they're saying, this is my pool of money. This is my timeline to withdrawal and you manage it. You manage the risk and reward in such a way that it is, um, that it adheres to that timeline. Yeah. Yeah. So, so does that mean that because there are some experts between you and the money, in other words, you're not picking private equity yourself. There's a target date fund person doing it. Does that mean that might kind of make it okay? I mean, and then we get really close to, I mean, we're getting pretty close to like actively managed funds, you know? Um, Which those are in 401ks. You already have actively managed funds in 401ks. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You do have actively managed funds in 401ks. But I, I suppose my hesitation is that I don't, I would suspect that the average individual investor does not fully understand that the risk reward profile of private equity is inherently different than the risk reward profile of equities, like publicly traded equities. And given that lack of understanding, um, I, I question essentially how much complexity we should add into the portfolio, um, if the goal is that you would want an individual investor to be able to make more informed decisions, you know, and so by keeping it 
as simple as it needs to be, or conversely, making it only as complex as it needs to be in order to meet the goal and no no more complex than that. I, I wonder if we could leave out private equity and still keep you know, the, the necessary amount of complexity that allows those individual investors to meet that goal while also understanding what they hold. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting dilemma. Um, and of course, the people hanging out with us on Facebook, on YouTube, uh, they have some opinions also. Um, we've got, let's, let's go back here to a point Kevin had hanging out with us on our YouTube channel. It's uh, youtube.com forward slash money with friends. Mm -hmm. says, do you think private equity could be limited to the plans of executives? It doesn't make a lot of sense for the most part. Geez, then you get into framing access to private equity as a reward. Um, it, it kind of plays into the whole, like, this is why the little guy can't get ahead. Or it's um, more like a accredited investor type thing though, you know, maybe not executive. Yeah. But, 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 but you're right. I, I mean, I could, I could have a, <laughs> I could have a great title. You know, there's that joke that people that don't have much money, give the people that work for them these great titles so mm -hmm. that they don't worry about getting, you know, being underpaid. Hey, I'll just give them a phenomenal title and pay them 20 bucks. And hopefully they'll really like that. So it, what, what's executive mean too? Right. Right. Yeah. It just seems like it, it seems like too much gaming the system and sort of stratify, stratifying who gets what. Um, yeah. And and I mean, what happens if if an executive quits and does a rollover in their 401k and then takes a, you know, a, a move, a step down on the on the career ladder and becomes a non-executive at the company that they switched to? do or takes a year off in between jobs. I just, I, it just seems like that would only, only add to the question marks. Yeah. Uh, Brian hanging out with us says investments are investments. Insurance is insurance. Why don't you create a whole bunch of dividend stocks in a side account and save on the fees? You know, Brian, for somebody who is who's kind of investment savvy, that's fine. I think he's talking about the anti-annuity here. Don't have an annuity, create an income stream for yourself. I'll tell you what happened when I was a financial planner, was that when that portfolio goes down 30% and somebody isn't savvy enough to understand the the need to ride that out. And by the way, you and I might not think that you'd have to be that savvy to get there, but I'll tell you. There are plenty of people that, that just can't get there and will blow up their strategy all day long. And annuity made them feel way, way, way better because they knew they couldn't. There was, they knew that even though it was somebody who was getting a big fee for their service, that they could not outlive it. They couldn't second guess it. They didn't have to deal with watching the market all day. They just got a check in the mail one day a month and they were able to live off that. I think it's a, a little different thing, Paula. Right, right. Well, and again, I think that there's a difference between an individual going out and buying a simple income annuity for themselves versus having having annuities baked, you know, as a part of your portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 interesting uh, that we now have this, and it feels like it's been a slippery slope lately. The last couple of years, where we had annuities first, now we have private equity. Next, we'll be able to bet on uh, horse racing inside our four hundred one k. Maybe <laughs> that, that'd be that'd be great, wouldn't it? I got all my Bitcoin in my four hundred one k. In just a second, Paul and I are going to have our takeaway from today's uh, podcast. But before we get there, I want to say thanks to everybody who's used our link when they visited NordPass. NordPass is the password manager that I use. 
They lock the password. You hold the keys. You'll get 20% off and a 30-day money-back guarantee if you use our link. What I like, by the way, about NordPass is not only do I not know any of my passwords, NordPass holds them all. If somebody does get a hold of one of my passwords, they don't get a hold of everything. I used to have a fantastic password. I used it for everything, thought it was really cool. And then I realized, you know what? Somebody gets hold of that one, they get a hold of my whole financial life. Not the case mm -hmm. with NordPass. Another thing I really like is that all of my passwords are in one place. So if something happens to me, my beneficiaries, or in my case, Cheryl, knows exactly what all the passwords are to get into the stuff. Or if something happens to her, I know all the passwords makes it super easy. Check it out and you'll get 60% off and a free, uh, 30 day trial nordpass.com forward slash M W F Paula. What's our big takeaway here? Ooh, I would say our takeaway is that like it or not, regardless of what you think about it, the reality is that the assets that, uh, are, could be offered by your 401k are about to become more complex. And so for those of you who are savvy enough to be listening to this, uh, it's, it is a reminder to pay close attention to what's in your 401k to pay close attention. If you're in a target date fund or any other types of funds uh, to what the underlying holdings in those funds are and to know what you're invested in. Yeah, the, I, I don't have much to add to that for my takeaway. It was going to be the same thing. I'm not waiting on the government to decide what I can do and what I can't do. I want to take whatever's available, no matter what these third parties decide I can do, and make sure that I drill down. I know what they are. You know how many pe people, Paula, are about to have private equities inside of their target date fund and they'll have no idea? Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's the part that weirds me out about this whole thing. Yeah, me too. M me too. So use sites like Morningstar to drill mm -hmm. down and take a look and see where uh, where your money is. Paula, I heard there's this incredible podcast out there called Afford Anything. Is that true? It is this fantastic podcast You available anywhere where you can find podcasts. Go to your favorite podcast playing app, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, Stitcher, Overcast. Uh, go to your favorite podcast playing app and type in Afford Anything and hit subscribe or follow. And what's super cool is that approximately one out of every four-ish episodes, this guy by the name of Joe Salcihai joins me Who? on the podcast. That yes. guy? That guy, we let him. Oh man, that, that we let him come on the podcast, and we answer questions that come from the community. And those are some fun episodes. You want to hear Paul and I duke it out? We've duked it out a few times there. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> All right. That's where you can find Paula. You can, as soon as you finish this, just go subscribe to Afford Anything. Good news though. Paula's going to be back tomorrow for more Money with Friends. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye-bye. This show's created and hosted by us, Joe Salcihai and Bobby Rebell, and it's edited and produced by Ashley Wall. Money with Friends is a product of Money with Friends LLC, copyright 2020. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast and links to the stories discussed, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be part of the show. Also, be sure to follow us on social media at moneyfriendspod on both Instagram and Twitter. Look out for our polls and quizzes. You could get a shout out on the show. We're well worth following. We promise. As with anything, remember you shouldn't take advice from any of us or any other videos or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor. These people on this episode, they're here for your and their entertainment purposes only. 
I'm Bobby. I'm Joe. We'll see you here back next time with another episode of Money with Friends. Bam, nailed it.